Section 44 of The Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 11. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lisa Murphy, Richmond, Virginia. The Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 11, by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton. The Eighteenth Night of the Month. When the evening evened, the king summoned the wazir, and required of him the story. So he said, "'Tis well. Hear, O king, the tale of the devotee accused of lewdness. There was once a man of Nishabar, who, having a wife of the uttermost beauty and piety, yet was minded to set out on the pilgrimage. So, before leaving home, he commended her to the care of his brother, and besought him to aid her in her affairs, and further her wishes till he should return for the brothers were on the most intimate terms. Then he took ship and departed, and his absence was prolonged. Meanwhile, the brother went to visit his brother's wife at all times and seasons, and questioned her of her circumstances, and went about her wants. And when his calls were prolonged, and he heard her speech and saw her face, the love of her got hold upon his heart, and he became passionately fond of her, and his soul prompted him to evil. So he besought her to lie with him, but she refused, and showed him how foul was his deed, and he found him no way to win what he wished. Wherefore he wooed her with soft speech and gentle ways. Now she was righteous in all her doings, and never swerved from one saying so. When he saw that she consented not to him, he had no doubts but that she would tell his brother when he returned from his journey. And quoth he to her, and thou consent not to whatso I require of thee. I will cause a scandal to befall thee, and thou wilt perish. Quoth she, Allah, extolled and exalted be he, judge betwixt me and thee, and know that, should thou sew me limb from limb, I would not consent to that thou biddest me to do. His ignorance of womankind persuaded him that she would tell her spouse, so he betook himself of his exceeding despite to a company of people in the mosque, and informed them that he had witnessed a man commit adultery with his brother's wife. They believed his word, and documented his charge, and assembled to stone her. Then they dug her a pit outside the city, and seating her therein, stoned her till they deemed her dead when they left her. Presently a shakir of a village passed by the pit, and finding her alive, carried her to his house, and cured her of her wounds." Now he had a youthful son, who, as soon as he saw her, loved her, and besought her of her person. But she refused, and consented not to him. Whereupon he redoubled in love and longing, and his case prompted him to suborn a youth of the people of his village, and agree with him that he should come by night and take somewhat from his father's house, and that, when he was seized and discovered, he should say that she was his accomplice in this, and avouched that she was his mistress and had been stoned on his account in the city. Accordingly he did this, and coming by night to the villager's house, stole therefrom goods and clothes, whereupon the owner awoke, and seizing the thief, pinioned him straightly and beat him to make him confess. And he confessed against the woman that she was a partner in the crime, and that he was her lover from the city. The news was brooded abroad, and the citizens assembled to put her to death, but the sheiketh with whom she was forbade them, and said, I brought this woman hither, coveting the recompense of Allah, 
and I know not the truth of that which is said of her, and will not empower any to hurt or harm her. Then he gave her a thousand dirhams by way of alms, and thrust her forth of the village. As for the thief, he was imprisoned for some days, after which the folk interceded for him with the old man, saying, This is a youth, and indeed he erred, and he released him from his bonds. Meanwhile, the woman went out a haphazard, and donning a devotee's dress, fared on without ceasing, till she came to a city and found the king's deputies dunning the townsfolk for the tribute out of season. Presently she saw a man, whom they were pressing for the tribute. So she asked of his case, and being acquainted with it, paid down the thousand dirhams for him, and delivered him from the bastonado, whereupon he thanked her and those who were present. When he was set free, he walked with her, and besought her to go with him to his dwelling. Accordingly, she accompanied him thither, and supped with him, and passed the night. When the dark hours gloomed on him, his soul prompted him to evil, for that which he saw of her beauty and loveliness, and he lusted after her, and required her of her person. But she rejected him, and threatened him with Allah the Most High, and reminded him of that which she had done with him of kindness, and how she had delivered him from the stick and his disgrace. However, he would not be denied, and when he saw her persistent refusal of herself to him, he feared lest she should tell the folk of him. So when he arose in the morning, he wrote on a paper what he would of forgery and falsehood, and going up to the sultan's palace said, I have an advisement for the king. So he bade admit him, and he delivered him the writ he had forged, saying, I found this letter with the woman, the devotee, the ascetic, and indeed she is a spy, a secret informer against the sovereign to his foe, and I deem the king's due more incumbent on me than any other claim, in warning him to be the first duty, for that he untieth in himself all the subjects, and but for the king's assistance the liege would perish, wherefore I have brought thee good counsel. The king gave credit to his word, and sent with him who should lay hands upon the devotee, and do her to death. But they found her not. As for the woman, when the man went out from her, she resolved to depart, so she fared forth, saying to herself, There is no wayfaring for me in woman's habit. Then she donned men's dress, such as is worn of the pious, and set out and wandered over the earth. Nor did she cease wandering till she entered a certain city. Now the king of that city had an only daughter, in whom he gloried and whom he loved. And she saw the devotee, and deeming her a pilgrim youth, said to her father, I would fain have this youth take up his lodging with me, so I may learn of him Lyran and piety and religion. Her father rejoiced in this, and commanded the pilgrim to take up his abode with his daughter in his palace. So they were in one place, and the princess was strenuous to the uttermost in continence and chastity and nobility of mind, and magnanimity and devotion. But the ignorant tattled anent her, and the folk of the realm said, The king's daughter loveth the pilgrim youth, and he loveth her. Now the king was a very old man, and destiny decreed the ending of his life term. So he died, and when he was buried, the lieges assembled, and many were the sayings of the people, and of the king's kinsfolk and officers. And they counseled together to slay the princess and the young pilgrim, saying, this fellow dishonoreth us with yonder whore, and none accepteth shame save the base. So they fell upon them and slew the king's daughter in her mosque, without asking her of aught, 
Whereupon the pious woman, who they deemed a youth, said to them, Woe to you, O miscreants! You have slain the pious lady. Quoth they, O thou fulsome fellow, dost thou bespeak us thus? Thou lovest her, and she loved thee, and we will assuredly slay thee. And quoth she, Allah forfend, indeed, the affair is the clear reverse of this. They asked, What proof hast thou of that? And she answered, Bring me women. They did so, and when the matrons looked on her, they found her a woman. As soon as the townsfolk saw this, they repented of that they had done, and the affair was grievous to them. So they sought pardon of Allah, and said to her, By the virtue of him whom thou servest, do thy crave pardon for us. Said she, As for me, I may no longer tarry with you, and I am about to depart from you. Then they humbled themselves before her, and shed tears, and said to her, We conjure thee by the might of Allah and the Most High, that thou take upon thyself the rule of the realm and the lieges. But she refused and drew her back, whereupon they came up to her and wept, and ceased not supplicating her, till she consented and undertook the kingship. Her first commandment to them was that they bury the princess and build over her a dome, and she abode in that palace, worshipping the Almighty and dealing judgment between the people with justice, and Allah, extolled and exalted be he, vouchsafed her for the excellence of her piety and her patience and renunciation, the acceptance of her prayers, so that she sought not aught of him, to whom belong might and majesty, but he granted her petition, and her fame was rooted abroad in all lands. Accordingly, the folk resorted to her from all parts, and she used to pray Allah, to whom belong might and majesty, for the oppressed, and the Lord granted him relief, and against his oppressor, and he brake him asunder, and she prayed for the sick, and they were made sound. And in this goodly way she tarried a great space of time. So fared it with the wife, but as for her husband, when he returned from the pilgrimage, his brother and the neighbors acquainted him with the affair of his spouse, whereat he was sore concerned, and suspected their story, for that which he knew of her chastity and prayerfulness, and he shed tears for the loss of her. Meanwhile she prayed to Almighty Allah, that he would establish her innocence in the eyes of her spouse and the folk, and he sent down upon her husband's brother a sickness so sore that none knew a cure for him. Wherefore he said to his brother, In such a city is a devotee, a worshipful woman, and a recluse whose prayers are accepted. So do thou carry me to her, that she may pray for my healing, and Allah, to whom belong might and majesty, may give me ease of this disease." Accordingly, he took him up and journeyed with him till they came to the village where dwelt the Shakya, the greybeard who had rescued the devout woman from the pit and carried her to his dwelling and healed her in his home. Here they halted and lodged with the old man who questioned the husband of his case and that of his brother and the cause of their journey. And he said, I purpose to go with my brother, this sick white, to the holy woman, her whose petitions are answered so she may pray for him, and Allah may heal him by the blessing of her orisons. Quoth the villager, By Allah, my son is in parlous plight for sickness, and we have heard that this devotee prayeth for the sick, and they are made sound. Indeed, the folk counsel me to carry him to her, and behold, I will go in company with you. And they said, Tis well. So they all nighted in that intent, and on the morrow they set out for the dwelling of the devotee. 
this one carrying his son, and that one bearing his brother. Now the man who had stolen the clothes, and had forged against the pious woman a lie, to wit, that he was her lover, sickened of a sore sickness, and his people took him up and set out with him to visit the devotee and crave her prayers, and destiny brought them all together by the way. So they fared forward in a body, till they came to the city wherein the man dwelt, for whom she had paid the thousand dirhams, to deliver him from torture, and found him about to travel to her, by reason of a malady which had betided him. Accordingly, they all journeyed on together, unknowing that the holy woman was she whom they had so foully wrong, and ceased not going till they came to her city, and foregathered at the gates of her palace." that wherein was the tomb of the princess. Now the folk used to go into her and salute her with the solemn, and crave her orisons, and it was her custom to pray for none till he had confessed to her or his sins, when she would ask pardon for him, and pray for him that he might be healed, and he was straightway made whole of sickness, by permission of Almighty Allah. When the four sick men were brought into her, she knew them forthright, though they knew her not, and said to them, Each of you confess and specify his sins, so I may sue pardon for him and pray for him. And the brother said, As for me, I required my brother's wife of her person, and she refused. Whereupon despite and ignorance prompted me, and I lied against her, and accused her to the townsfolk of adultery. So they stoned her and slew her wrongously and unrighteously. And this, my complaint, is the issue of unright and falsehood and the slaying of the innocent soul, whose slaughter Allah hath made unlawful to man. Then said the youth, the old villager's son, And I, O holy woman, my father brought to us a woman who had been stoned, and my people nursed her till she recovered. Now she was rare of beauty and loveliness, so I required of her her person, but she refused in clave in chastity to Allah, to whom belong might and majesty. Wherefore ignorance prompted me, so that I agreed with one of the youths that he should steal clothes and coin from my father's house. Then I laid hands on him and carried him to my sire and made him confess. He declared that the woman was his mistress from the city and had been stoned on his account, and that she was his accomplice in the theft, and had opened the doors to him. But this was a lie against her, for that she had not yielded to me in which I sought of her. So there befell me what ye see of requital. And the young man, the thief, said, I am he with whom thou agreest concerning the theft, and to whom thou openest the door. And I am he who accused her falsely, and calumniously, and Allah, extolled be he, well knoweth that I never did evil with her, no, nor knew her in any way before that time. Then said he whom she had delivered from torture by paying down a thousand dirhams, and who had required of her her person in his house, for that her beauty pleased him, and when she refused had forged a letter against her, and treacherously denounced her to the sultan, and requited her graciousness with ingratitude, I am he who wronged her and lied against her, and this is the issue of the oppressor's affair. When she heard their words in the presence of the folk, she cried, Alhamdulillah! Praise to be Allah, the King who over all things is omnipotent, and blessing upon his prophets and apostles. Then quoth she to the assembly, Bear testimony, O ye here present, to these men's speech, and know ye I am that woman whom they confess to have wronged. 
And she turned to her husband's brother and said to him, I am thy brother's wife, and Allah, extolled and exalted be he, delivered me from that whereinto thou casted me of calumny and suspicion, and from the folly and frowardness whereof thou hast spoken, and now hath he shown forth my innocence of his bounty and generosity. Go, for thou art quit of the wrong thou didst me. And she prayed for him, and he was made sound of his sickness. Thereupon she said to the son of the village shock, Know that I am the woman whom thy father delivered from strain and stress, and whom there betided from thee of calumny and ignorance, that which thou hast named. And she sued pardon for him, and he was made sound of his sickness. Then she said to the thief, I am the woman against whom thou liest, avouching that I was the lemon who had been stoned on thine account, and that I was thine accomplice in robbing the house of the village Shakya, and had opened the doors to thee. And she prayed for him, and he was made whole of his malady. Then she said to the townsman, him of the tribute, I am the woman who gave thee the thousand dirhams, and thou didst with me what thou didst. And she asked pardon for him and prayed for him, and he was made whole, whereupon the folk marveled at her enemies, who had all been afflicted alike. So Allah, extolled and exalted be he, might show forth her innocence upon the heads of witnesses. Then she turned to the old man, who had delivered her from the pit, and prayed for him, and gave him presents manifold, and among them a myriad, a badra, and the sick made whole departed from her. When she was alone with her husband, she made him draw near unto her, and rejoiced in his rival, and gave him the choice of abiding with her. Presently she assembled the citizens, and notified to them his virtue and worth, and counseled them to invest him with management of their rule, and besought them to make him king over them. They consented to her on this, and he became king, and made his home amongst them, while she gave herself up to his orisons and cohabitated with her husband, as she was with him aforetime. Nor, continued the wazir, is this tale, O king of the time, stranger or pleasanter than that of the hireling and the girl whose maw he slit and fled. When King Shah heard this, he said, Most like all they say of the minister is leasing, and his innocence will be made manifest, even as that of the devotee was manifested. Then he comforted the wazir's heart and bade him hie to his house. End of section 44